following message is a presentation of Valley Metro Church, a community of believers dedicated to knowing God and making Him known. We're going through a a series right now. Uh, For our new year, we're kicking off this series about God's will for your life, and it's really exciting because it applies to all of us. It doesn't matter where you're at in life, how long you're in the whether you're new to the faith or been around for a while, um, this is hopefully going to stir some things and God's going to reveal some things. Um, what we've been looking at, and we started last week, we, uh, a couple weeks ago, we started looking at the general will of God, how he lays out his will for everybody. In his word, he's got some basic will for our lives and also some detail. We looked at that. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're not to harm you. They are to prosper you and give you a hope and a future. So as you and I try to figure out what exactly does that mean, what does it look like, what is the shape and direction of God's will for my life, um, this is where we got to take things a little further, and we have to look at what God put in us so that we can understand what God expects to come out of us. You see, God was very intentional in his love and when he imparted all of us, And, and last week we looked at the natural gifts and talents that God put in us. And he has an expectation for these to be on display and come out. Very cool. Um, This week, we're looking at spiritual things that he put in us. Not natural gifts and talents, but literally spiritual things that he put inside of us. And it's really, really exciting because when you start looking at the things that God put in you, you start to understand what you were made for. It starts to sketch out a a picture. It starts to focus the lens, if you will. and, And it starts to bring a lot more clarity on wow, God, I get it. I see you put these things in me. You did it by design. Uh, You're starting to paint a picture. I'm going to start taking some steps in faith with what you gave me. And the the, the thesis through the Bible, the whole narrative of Scripture is that if you're faithful with what God gives you now, he will give you greater things. He'll give you more revelation. He'll give you more opportunity if we are do well with what he gives us. So uh, if you have your Bibles, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to be looking at spiritual gifts today, um, but all people have different spiritual gifts. Um, in fact, there was a, one time a, a police officer pulled a, pulled a man over for a broken headlight, and uh, when he walked up to the car to give him a ticket, he, he looked in the back seat, and he, and he saw a whole seat full of knives. All these knives were laying in the back seat. So the police officer says, hey, wait a minute, what, what are all these about here? And the man says, well, well, that's part of my juggling act. The police officer says, I don't believe you. Get out and prove it. So the guy gets out of the car, sure enough, stands on one foot and juggles all these knives. Just then, another car was driving by with two guys. And one guy looks at the other guy and says, man, I'm sure glad I quit drinking. These sobriety tests get harder all the time. <laughs> but when you have a gift, things are easy for you. When you have a gift, things are easy for you and maybe not so much for somebody else. And that's the point. God put it in you. It should be easy for you and it should be on display. And if you want to track along with me, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you have your Bible or if you read the word on your device, uh, whatever that may be, uh, we're going to look at these gifts, which are powerful tools to understand God's design and a special spiritual abilities that he put inside of us. Um, and it starts out uh, like this in 1 Corinthians 12, 1. Now about spiritual gifts, brother, 
brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. And that is so powerful, I want to pause right there. I want to pause right there, because when we're talking about spiritual gifts, depending on the background that you were raised in or not, you may already have some understanding about spiritual gifts. You may know a lot about them. You may know nothing about them. You may have been told that there are no spiritual gifts anymore. Some people teach that. It's not what the Bible teaches, but some people teach that. And the reason why this is important is because right out of the gate, Paul is saying, guys, I want to tell you about them, but first of all, promise me you're not going to be ignorant about them. Promise me you're going to understand, you're going to be open. When he says ignorant, um, the Greek means to be reluctant, uh, to be unwilling, or opposed to learning about. Think about that. He's saying right from the beginning, I want to tell you stuff about spiritual gifts, but if you already have an issue, if you've got some kind of concern, if you already you know, are, are, are choosing to be reluctant, uh, choosing to be ignorant, or ignorant by maybe lack of understanding, he's saying, don't be reluctant. Don't be unwilling to or opposed to learning about these spiritual gifts. Don't ignore them, know about them, discover them, and practice them. From the very beginning, he's like, guys, I don't know what your heart condition and attitude is before we start, but please know they are real. They are for you. Understand them, discover them. So if you're a note taker this morning, as we start looking at what God put in us spiritually, uh, if you're a note taker, you might want to write some of these down. It helps describe and define God's will for our lives. The first one is it's time to discover and embrace my God-given spiritual gifts, to discover and embrace them. Because some people think, well, I, I didn't think there were spiritual gifts anymore, or somebody told me there's not, so they're not discovering them, and they're certainly not embracing them. And Paul is saying, no, listen, you're going to miss out on so much, and the people around you will miss out on so much if you don't discover and embrace your spiritual gifts. And as we uh, go through this, you're going to see how, just how important they are. Um, picking up in verse 4, just to stay on track with with the gifts here, he says this, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit, different kinds of service, but the same Lord, different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all. In your Bible, you might want to underline that. Different gifts from the spirit, different service from the Lord, and working from the same God. When he says gifts, the Greek word right here. They didn't have this exact word for gift. It says, let me tell you about these spirituals, these free spirituals that God gives his people. And so we use the word gift because when you get something for free, it is a gift. And that's how the translators translated the Bible. In Greek, it says, let me tell you about these, the charisma, Greek word. Let me, let me tell you about the charisma or the charismata. And so when people hear the word charisma, um, it means these free spirituals in the Greek context right here. Um, when some people say charismatic, some people might think that's really exciting or jumping up and down or being very energetic, but really it means spiritual gifts. It really means the spirit is saying, don't be ignorant about the charisma. Don't be ignorant about uh, the charismata. And these are special spiritual abilities and capabilities and the beauty is God gives them to everyone. And if we're ignorant about them, then we're all going to miss out on them. 
He's saying, don't be ignorant. And, and he says that there's different kinds, different varieties. There's an assortment. In fact, there's a wide variety. Today, we're going to hit on some of them, but there's a wide variety of these gifts, and each is distinctly different from the other one. And these spiritual gifts are from the Holy Spirit. So you might want to underline that in your Bible. The gifts are from the Holy Spirit. And the beauty about this passage is it's showing us some dimensions of how the living God, the creator of the universe, imparts things into our lives. Um, It's saying that the spiritual gifts are from the Holy Spirit. And it says there's different kinds of service. The word for service right here is diakonia, where we get our word deacon from, service. But really, it's a a God-given service, specifically through, comes from the Lord, referring to the Lord Jesus. Interesting. That the spiritual gifts are coming to us from the Holy Spirit, that these services, these, these roles and titles, so to speak, are coming from the Lord Jesus. Um, and then it says the working, the working is a word energema, where we get our word energy. It's referring to God's energy. Now, this is not a spiritual gift. It's not a role that God, a role of service that Jesus is giving out, although these are radically all important. This is an energy of God, the energema of God, the Father, referring to God the Father, working through you and I for different spiritual operations. Meaning, it's not necessarily my gift or your gift, it's something that God just chooses to do through us. The energy of God. Now listen, when you're talking about the energy of God, I don't know any believer on the planet of the earth would say, yeah, I'm gonna pass on that one. When we're talking about the energy of God, poured out among believers, God would say, if I've got energy for you, get in on everything I have. And this is why Paul is saying, don't be ignorant about spiritual gifts. There's spiritual capacities, spiritual endowments that come from God, both the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, that he gives his children, he gives his church. And these are for different spiritual operations, which we desperately need. I hope you understand or came to the conclusion like I have that we are not just human beings down here having a temporary spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings down here having a temporary human experience. And since we are spiritual beings and we're not of this earth and we're gonna live forever in the presence of God, we better lock in right here and now with every capacity that God gives us as spiritual beings. We better not check these things at the door and say, yeah, I don't really wanna know about it or I just, I'm not very interested. Paul's saying, no, don't be ignorant. Don't choose to check out on these. In fact, fully, fully get in on these gifts. Um, Just a quick diversion as you keep your hand there in in, in, uh, Corinthians. It says in Romans 12, verses six and eight, which we have for the screen up here. It says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, then do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Again, the Bible showing different gifts in different sections of endowments of God's grace and how he, how he gives these gifts out. These gifts right here listed in Romans 12, 6, 8 are part of some of the gifts God gives. This passage in Corinthians 12 that we're in, 
lists a bunch of others, and Ephesians has a, a list of gifts as well. These are all endowments of God's grace. These are all impartations that the living God gives his people because we're spiritual sons and daughters of God, and he wants us to do spiritual operations of God with his power and with his gifts. And that's why it's so important to not just push these aside or ignore them. Uh, Really, really important. God's energy operating through us is what a spiritual gift is all about. And I hope you're excited about that. I hope you desire to do that. Of course, God is a God of order. And when spiritual gifts are out of order, the Bible has a lot to say about correcting the order of the gifts because God is a God of order. But if you've ever seen lack of order in your understanding or your history of understanding the gifts, don't wipe them all off the shelf and throw them away. Paul's saying, don't be ignorant about them. In fact, we're supposed to desire them and function in these, in these gifts. But it says in this, in this passage that we read about spiritual gifts, God works all of them in all men, meaning all sons and daughters of the Most High God, meaning God wants his gifts to flow through his people. That's not a good idea. That's not my idea. That is the heart of God. The heart of God per scripture is God works all of these gifts in all people um, so that, um, and we're going to see the reason why in the next verse, the reason why God gives these gifts. All of his gifts to all his people. Verse 7, now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Now this is saying to every single believer, (laughs) I love this word, there's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Would you say that with me? Manifestation of the Holy Spirit. One more time. Manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Scripture says every believer has a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Now we know in Scripture, everyone who believes in the resurrected Jesus, if you've given him your life, if he's the Lord of your life, everyone has the Holy Spirit as a deposit, as a seal guaranteeing what's to come. Every believer has the Holy Spirit. He's talking about a manifestation of the Holy Spirit in you some kind of display, a demonstration of the Holy Spirit in the life of every believer. This is what Scripture is saying. And it's pretty profound because a lot of people walk around this kind of thing like, I don't know what that means. This is saying that there is a God-given manifestation. Each person has an expression of the Holy Spirit. Uh, The word in Greek means an exhibition, uh, literally a display of some kind, some kind of Holy Spirit display in our lives. Have you figured out what yours is? Have you figured out what the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is in your life? Have you figured out the display of the Holy Spirit, a special area that God is saying to each one of you, a manifestation of the Holy Spirit is given? Some manifestation means it doesn't just stay on the inside. And this is where you and I start walking with God in his will and getting in on the bigger picture is there's a manifestation. That means it has to manifest. It has to come out. It's got to go public. What God put on the inside has to come out on the outside. And that's why Paul's saying, don't be ignorant. It's so, so important to allow and ask God and discover. So the second point this morning is that every believer has at least one spiritual gift. To every believer, a manifestation of the Spirit is given. So every believer has at least one spiritual gifts. Again, we're not just talking about natural talents, gifts, and resources. We're talking about straight-up spiritual gifts, endowments of God's grace, where he said, I'm giving this to you. It's unique to you. Let there be a manifestation of it. 
It's really cool if you ask me. Um, so you have spiritual gifts. Every one of you in the room, all of us have spiritual gifts, at least one. Oftentimes, there's a, quite a few of them, two, three, four. You've got to figure out what the gifting is that God put in you, but you've got to identify them. And um, if you haven't taken a, taken a spiritual gifts test, a test, I want to encourage you to do so. Um, on our website, we have a spiritual gifts test for you to just download and take it so that you can know what these giftings are. And in this spiritual gift test, it's a questionnaire just for you. You don't take it online. You can, you, you can let us know what your results are and we can help you get plugged in, which we would love to do. But at least download it and take this test. And it, it, it offers every gifting recognized in the Bible as an endowment of God's grace. The ones listed in Corinthians, the ones listed in Romans, the ones listed in Ephesians, as well as some other very clear giftings that God has laid out in Scripture that we see modeled and identified. It puts them into this questionnaire, and when you answer it, whether you do things often or never, um, you will begin to define a picture of your gifting, which will rise to the top. Your gifting will rise to the top of this list. And the things that aren't your gift will be way at the bottom. And that too is good because although we're, we're called to love everyone and show mercy and compassion with everyone, what you might find is certain gifts are at the top of your gift mix, if you will. And these are the things that you really got to take hold of and own them and start saying, God, what is the place where I'm supposed to start taking steps where these gifts can be manifest, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit? You might find others at the bottom of your gift mix Will, will you'll also get clarity going, yeah, that's not my main thing that God's calling me to do. It doesn't mean I don't do these things. It's just that that's not my main thing. It's not my main aim. Um, some people, for example, when I started out in ministry, um, when I came to faith in Jesus, I started uh, going down to Skid Row. And I was feeding the homeless down there for two, three years. We'd go down there on Sundays, bring big old coolers of hot chocolate and Kool-Aid and sandwiches. And this was going on for years. And as time went on, I enjoyed the time, but I really enjoyed the interaction with the homeless people, trying to share Jesus with people. And I, and I realized later on, it wasn't the mercy gift of bringing food down there that was really driving me. It was the opportunity to share and evangelize, which was driving me. And as time went on, I thought, you know, I think it's time for me to shift a little bit out of this mercy kind of gifting, which happens to be a little lower in my set. Um, my wife will tell you that. Um, we'll be driving by. She'll see somebody. Oh, that person. I'm like, what person? She's like, you didn't see it. I'm like, no, I didn't see any. She's like, oh, yeah, there's somebody. And, you know, we try to go back and bring somebody shoes or do something because she sees that and I didn't see it for some reason. I just don't. Don't see that all the time. So a mercy gifting will identify these things. Uh, an evangelism gifting will do this. A prophetic gifting will function this way. There's all kinds of different giftings. And to understand which is the top that God put in your life, the top of the pile, God is saying, come to terms with those. They're right on the surface. They're not too far down. They're right on the surface. Come to terms with them because what he put in you, he wants to come out of you to be on display. So every believer has at least one. Identify them. Take a spiritual gift test if you haven't. Come to terms. And it says, this is important, guys. If you miss this, you miss the whole point of spiritual gifts. It says, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for, here's the reason, not for you to be cool or you to have this or you to like be better than something. No, the reason the gift is given is for the common good. 
the common good. And by the way, it's not talking about the common good of society. It's talking about the common good of the family of believers. The gifts, spiritual gifts are given for the common good. Some translations say for the mutual edification. For the common good that my gift today, God willing, there's some sort of teaching gift in here somewhere. And God willing that there's some impartation that is blessing you today. At least that's my prayer, genuinely. And, and your gifting, there was gifting this morning. Some have a heart for intercession, to intercede, to pray. We're all called to pray, but some have a real gift to pray. Those who come up after the service to pray for needs have a burden for prayer on a whole different level. And, and because they desire to pray and God stirred them to pray, they have this gift of intercession. Before service, they're back there praying for God to move radically in your heart today and in this city. And for those who come up after the service, the same thing, a gift of intercession. There are some with gifts of hospitality that after the service want to make sure you are loved and blessed and have water or coffee or donuts or something because they want to see you welcome and loved. That's a gift of hospitality. All these gifts are for the mutual edification. Now here's the dilemma. If I choose not to use mine, it will have a little effect on you. If you choose not to use yours, it will have effect on those around you. If those around you fail to use theirs, it will affect you and I both. And this is why there's supposed to be this mutual edification. The body of Christ, the family of believers are to be built up in, in God. And in fact, that is the whole aim is this mutual edification. Bible says never cease doing good, especially for the family of believers. So yes, we love everyone. We love our neighbors. But God's saying, hey, the children in my house, the family of believers, your gifts are for the mutual edification. And so if we forget that, if we try to leave that out and we just say, God, I want to know what you put in my life so I can pursue some radical adventure out there apart from your church, God would say, no, you're missing it. The reason I put it in you, spiritual gifts, are so that you can help and bless the family of believers and there could be mutual edification. Does that make sense? Because as we discover God's will, some might say, well, I want to know about the talents he has so I can pursue my job or pursue the Oscar or the Grammy. I want to do that. But I don't want to know about the spiritual gifts for his church. If that's your heart, you're completely missing the very spiritual DNA that God put in you and the display that he expects to come out of you. We have to be faithful with these things, to be faithful with greater things. I think it's really, really important. Um, the third point this morning, if you're, if you're a note taker, is that God gave me my gifts for the purpose of giving them away. Spiritual gifts are given for the purpose of giving them away. Somebody might come over for your birthday and give you a gift, and it's not for you to give away. It's for you to keep it and enjoy it and use it. Spiritual gifts are given for the sole purpose of being given away. If God gives you hospitality, give it away. If he gives you mercy, give it away. If he gives you evangelism, give it away. If he gives you prophecy, give it away. That's what he, if you give away what God gives you, he will give you more and more to give away. Freely you've been given, freely give. This is the thesis of scripture with spiritual gifts is you've been given a gift to give it away, not to keep it. When these gifts are not discovered and kept on the inside, the body of Christ is nowhere near where it could be. But when gifts are recognized and there's mutual edification, watch out. That's a life-giving church right there. 
That's a family of believers that's loving, blessing, helping others, coming alongside, speaking into each other's lives, praying for each other, interceding. That is a city on a hill right there. That is a family and a community of believers that the world will recognize that, hey, God is in this place because he's moving among his people. This is a component, guys, that we have to come to terms with. When he gave you a gift, the purpose is to give it away, to serve others. The greatest of all is the servant of all. So these gifts can't be looking at like, what do I get to add value to my life? These are gifts I get to add direction and purpose and definition to my life as I give these gifts away. Really, really important part. Um, Ephesians 4.11 says this, and and I think it helps tie this together. We're still going to continue in Corinthians, but this is a really cool uh, scripture that we have for up here. So Christ himself gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, evangelists, and pastors and teachers to equip God's people for works of service so that the whole body may be brought to complete maturity or to complete unity. He's saying even these roles that Jesus Christ gives, remember we said some are are, are service roles that Jesus gives, some of them are spiritual gifts, some of these are workings or energies of God, all of these are in the Bible. Uh, It's saying that, that even Jesus is giving these so that, here's the reason why God created this order of impartation in his church from the very beginning. Not a man-made thing, a God-made thing. The reason he did this from the very beginning is to equip God's people for works of, oh, to equip God's people for works of, works of service. The whole point and the mission, we're not saved by works, but we are saved to works. We're saved by grace. That's free. But once God gives you eternity and a fresh start and, and, and the abundant life and he, and, he, and he just drops this free gift of eternity on you and life in the Holy Spirit, then we're like, now what do we do with this stuff, God? To equip God's people for works of service because if we do that, it says the whole body will be built up to complete maturity. And this is really important because I think when we miss out again on this stuff, I don't think churches are built to complete maturity. I think when churches don't embrace God's uh, understanding and, and thesis for the way gifts work, I think we tend to become very narcissistic. I know in society, it's all about me and where I shop and where I eat and what I get and what I drive, but it can start to happen that way even in a church. And this scripture is saying, no, it's to equip us all for works of service. You know, I'm here to serve you today. I'm not here to be served. I'm here to serve you today. Everyone on this campus today that is on our staff, is here to serve you today. We want to serve you, but we also want to encourage you to take your gifts and turn around and serve. Does that make sense? This is how the body is brought to complete uh, maturity. Um, You know, recently there was a discovery under the Sahara Desert. And out in the Sahara Desert, there have been many people who have died of thirst out there in the Sahara, no access to water, And they've died on their journey because it's so scorching hot and it appears to be no water. But what they discovered is that underneath the smoldering hot Sahara Desert, that there actually are waterways. There are miles of underground rivers. In fact, there's been 26 freshwater lakes identified under the Sahara Desert. And the sad part is that people died of thirst without even knowing that there was anything under there or discovering or how to get to it. The same is true with the church sometimes. 
There is profound capacity. There is profound life if we will get it, if we will recognize where it is and we will go at it and get it. And God is telling us right here, don't be ignorant about them. You know, Jesus says, if you come and drink from the water I give you, then rivers of living water will flow out of you. God has a source that is fully sustainable. In fact, it will never run out. The source of life that God gives. And part of it is spiritual, and part of it is through spiritual gifts. And so it's really, really important that we do that. Um, Moving on in the next section, um, moving on in verse 8, this is a partial list of some of the spiritual gifts, certainly the ones listed here in Corinthians. And it says, To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom, to another, message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he gives them to each just as he determines. So let's um, break this down a little bit. The first thing about the gifts is God already determined, the spirit of God already determined what gift for you. The spirit of God determined what is best for you and what is not a priority for you regarding spiritual gifts. So the spirit already determined what gifts you were given. And um, this is a partial list. Let me just break down what they kind of look like. A word of knowledge a word of knowledge is to know something supernaturally, not by study, not by somebody telling you. It is by knowing something that you could not know because you don't know the circumstance. You might not know the person. You don't know anything about the variables, but you had an ear to heaven. And somehow, by the Spirit of God, through this gifting, there was a word of knowledge to know something. Here's the beauty. When somebody next to you is struggling and trying to figure something out in life or doesn't know and God shows you or tells you something and you are able to say, I've been praying for you and this is what I sense God gave me for you. That might sound very foreign to some of you because you're like, well, what does that mean or how does that work? How do you know? You always check the word, okay? You don't just take somebody's word for it and the Bible says test the spirits, amen? We don't just take random, but... This is healthy when this is done God's way. This is beautiful where somebody shares with you a word of knowledge because they prayed for you. And here's the good thing about a word of knowledge. The same spirit that gave them the word of knowledge lives inside of you if you're a believer of the resurrected Jesus. And that same spirit inside of you will go, yes. Or if it's not from God, the spirit inside of you will go, "Uh uh-uh. But you didn't know that word and you weren't hearing that word and you didn't even know anything about that word of knowledge that God is trying to impart to help you, to help you. Remember, we're not human beings having a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. God gives spiritual gifts. He says, don't be ignorant. They're for the mutual edification. That means this gift of knowledge is to help somebody build them up. And if you're the one that needs the knowledge and somebody comes and shares that with you, that is incredibly beneficial. The next is a word of wisdom. A word of wisdom is not so much the actual word of knowledge, like how could you know that? It's actually what to do with it. It's the discernment of, yes, however, God would say, wait in this situation. 
and, and, and this is what God is trying to show you. It's, it, it's, a, it's a deeper understanding of, uh, of discernment rather than just a word of knowledge, which is in powerfully important, not to diminish one over the other. So there's the knowledge of it, and then there's the, the, the wisdom and discernment of what to do in a situation, aside from just a word, a gift of faith. Now, we all have faith. We're saved by faith through grace. We all have faith. But you know people in your life that have crazy kind of faith. You know anybody with any kind of crazy faith? Show of hands in the room. Like, like they do things that you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> you're just, you know, you're just leaving your job and you're moving and you don't, you don't even know where you're going. That's crazy, you know? Um, these levels of faith are a gift of faith. A gift of faith beyond regular faith. Rather than, God, I want direction and I want to walk in what your plan is for my life. This kind of faith is like, I don't know. I don't have a word. I don't have anything. I just kind of sense God is telling me to go for it. I know it makes no sense, but here goes. And most people are like, really? Wow, that's crazy. When you look at some of the greatest missionary movements that we've ever had in the history of the Christian faith, they were usually started with this crazy kind of faith. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) What's going to happen? And uh, this level of faith is simply greater faith than those around you. They don't even understand this kind of faith because it's a profound level of trust and hope in what God wants to do. Um, healing, a gift of healing. Now, this is God doing the healing because we don't heal, but God heals. But he chooses to use people to do that. He does it when he wants and how he wants. We don't control that. We, don't, we, we can't mandate or control things, but we can partner with God the way Scripture says to, to pray for the sick, to lay hands on people, and to do it in faith and to anoint with oil. Scripture tells us to do that. It doesn't suggest if you feel like it, It says, do this, do this. Your spiritual sons and daughters, do this. And for those that happen to function in this, it's it's God saying, I want to do something. I want to touch some lives and I'm going to use you for this. And so it's God doing healing, but using people in this kind of way. Miraculous powers, again, praying for something where there's some kind of breakthrough, not a physical healing, but some kind of crazy breakthrough that you're like, how did that happen? I don't know, just prayed in faith and and God did it, and, and this is amazing. Prophecy. Prophecy can be either to foretell or to foretell. It can be futuristic in nature. Some of the prophecy in the Old Testament is futuristic. Some of it's not. Some of it is just saying, this is what God is saying right now to the situation. Some prophecy has nothing to do with the future and everything to do with here and now. And so prophecy is speaking forth the heart of God And by the way, the Bible, if we continue this passage, it says desire this. It says every believer is supposed to desire prophecy. You might be thinking, well, wait a minute, that's not for me. Every believer is supposed to desire prophecy where you pray and say, God, what are you saying? Those who have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying, let them listen, Scripture says. If you have an ear to hear what heaven might be saying, Again, you always test this with the word. This is not some weird stuff. This is a legitimate, full-blown, historic Christianity, guys. This is first century church, book of Acts. God's blowing it up in people's lives. He's turning cities on edge. People are following Jesus relentlessly. They're passionate. They're throwing off the world and everything that hinders them. And they're walking in the fullness of everything God has. This is straight up Christianity historically. Um, The other is distinguishing between spirits. Um, this is interesting, this would be between spirits. Um, maybe, um, you know, you see this a lot in different places, but say like Skid Row is a perfect example, where some people are just, um, 
you know, they're in a really bad situation uh, financially and they've come to a, a terrible place in life where they just need help and some have mental illness that really shouldn't be on the street. It's a mental illness. But some, some have a spiritual element behind them in what they're doing. It's different. It's not all the same. You can't just qualify home. But you will see that in the homeless community. You will see all three of those. You will see people who are in a rough time that they've lost everything and they're, they've never been in that place. You, you'll see some that mental illness has them in a place where they just can't function very well and they're, they're kind of out, out there. And, and you'll see some that there's a spiritual element where somewhere along the line, they must have given themselves over to an open door for the devil, somehow, some way, because the devil clearly has a place in their life. And you could see demonic activity. Discerning of spirits is being able to say, that's from God and that's not. Or talking to somebody and, and, and somebody coming to your door, knocking on your door, telling you something, and either they're getting a sense that, I really sense this is from the Lord, or, mm-mm, this is not from God. And maybe you've seen things like that. Somebody blow up or do something or yell or, or, or you've seen somebody come to you and say something and, and you have a, a clear discernment. Not, you're not confused about it. You're really clear on the inside. This is from God. What they're telling me right now, this is from God. Or, mm-mm-mm, this isn't from God at all. It's discerning the spirit behind the nature of what the person is doing or saying. Does that make sense? Discerning of spirits. Some people function very well in that realm. Uh, one is speaking in tongues, a prayer language. Paul says, look, I, he, Paul goes, I speak in tongues more, more than all of you. He says, pray with your intellect, but also pray in your spirit. This is what Paul says. So does everyone have this gift? No. Uh, and he says in the passage, you know, as he's talking more about gifts, God gives to different people as he apportions them. So we'll leave that up to God, how he gives them out. And if he doesn't give them out, we'll leave that up to God. But this is a prayer language. And if you have that um, ability, a spiritual capacity to speak in tongues, then it's a prayer language and you should use it. Um, You should use it. And again, scripture is really clear about tongues in a public display, uh, that God's a God of order and there's a way that happens and doesn't happen. But a prayer language, you should. If you have a prayer language, you should be praying in your prayer language, specifically in your own personal prayer life. And also interpretation of tongues, which scripture outlines right here. Real quick as we wrap up, in fact, if the the worship team can come up, I just want to read off some of these other ones from Romans 12. There is the gift of serving. The gift of serving. The gift of service or helps. Some people, everyone is called to help out and to do things, but some people, they know God made them to help. They're like, you know, I'm not the guy who does this or I'm not the girl who does this, but man, I just want to help. That's a gift of helps, and that's beautiful in the body of Christ. The gift of teaching, encouraging. Uh, Encouraging is great. There's not enough encouragement in the body of Christ. Uh, When people are going through things and they're hitting bumps and speed bumps, who's the one speaking into the situation? Who's the one speaking life? The one with the gift of encouragement is doing that. Uh, contributing. This goes beyond uh, what Scripture would lay out as, I believe, healthy biblical living, tithing. It, it's beyond that. It's like there are people who live so differently with their money, the tithing thing is a non-issue. They live way beyond that kind of thing. And there are some people that have this gift of contributing where they, their whole view of money in the world is entirely different because God endowed them with this special, special grace. Um, gift of leading, a gift of leadership. That's an important one. Showing mercy, 
administration, it says in Corinthians, which is helping keep, maintain systems and orders and methods so that the whole body of Christ can move forward in some kind of spiritual V formation. These are all really important. And again, hospitality to, to greet and love and welcome people and make sure they're loved. Um, the last note this morning is that, and we take this to heart, is that when God gave me a gift, he gave me a ministry. When God gave you a gift, he gave you a ministry. And it's up to you to discover that gift. And it's up to you to discover how do I start taking steps to walk out and function in this gift. But the gifts are for the mutual edification to to build the whole body up. So God gave you a ministry with your gift. It's up to you if you're going to agree with God on what he put in you. And if you're going to walk with God on the display of that, because to each one of us, a manifestation of the Spirit has been given. So when he gave you a gift, he gave you a ministry, and it's up to you and I to kind of figure out what does that look like. And as we close out in prayer, I just want to give a almost humorous illustration, but a very practical illustration of what do these gifts look like all in one place and at one time. So if on a Sunday morning... Someone were to spill their coffee in church. Here's the gifts in action right here. This is how people would respond. The gift of prophecy would say, I knew that was going to happen. I saw that one coming. Gift of teaching would say, the reason it spilled is because it didn't have a lid on it. And so if we put our lids on that, it's not going to happen anymore. The gift of exhortation would say, hey, look on the bright side of things. It'll probably never happen again. The gift of mercy would say, don't feel bad. That could have happened to anyone. The gift of intercession would say, wow, that was rough. (laughs) Can I pray for you? (laughs) The gift of service would say, oh, let me help clean that up for you. Can I clean that up for you? They jump right on. They don't even think anything else. The gift of giving says, here, you can have my coffee. That's a simplified way on a very basic elementary level. But I'll tell you, family, when we start realizing what our zone is, what, what, what kind of place and gifting God put in us and, and how we can start taking steps to say, okay, God, this might be new to me, but if this is what you put in me, here goes. And we start stepping out there to do that. And we're going to hear more about, uh, in two, two weeks, we'll finish this series in two more weeks, and it will be the faith that it takes to actually step out in these areas. The faith that it takes to walk out God's will. And so next week, we're going to be looking at your timeline, as Nicole had shared earlier, her history and her life and testimony and where she is today. Next week, we're going to look at your story and how it helps point a projectile of where God is bringing you. Because these experiences in the past, God's going to leverage all of those things in your life. And next week, join us and we'll get a little bit more clarity on the pathway God has for us. So let's just close in prayer right now. Ask God to seal some of these things in our heart. Uh, Mighty God, we love you and we love your word. We thank you for it and the power of it. I just pray that the manifestation of your spirit in our life that you've given every one of us, God, I pray in the name of Jesus that it would be discovered, it would be found, it would be brought to the surface and that we begin to take hold of that for which you took hold of us. I pray that every one of us, God, would discover what you put in us so it could come out of us. I know when you gave us a gift, God, you gave us a ministry. And I pray that all of us would take, have the kind of faith that it takes to say, all right, God, I get it. You've got my attention loud and clear. I'm ready to start taking some steps. I want to get in on a bigger picture of what you have for my life, God. I want to not only discover your will for my life, I want to actually walk in it, God. 
So I just pray that all these areas, God, you would begin to do a new work, a new work, God, today, Lord, that there'd be a new work started in our lives and it would help chart the course of our future in a glorious way as we walk with you and stay in step with the Spirit. We thank you for these things and we ask them in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen, amen. This has been a presentation of Valley Metro Church. We pray that this message has blessed you. To hear more messages or to support future podcasts, please visit us at valleymetrochurch.com.